Nobody questions things in this country anymore. Nobody wants to rock the boat. It's all bullshit, folks. It's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. But we believe them because they're pounded into our heads from the time we're children. Children should be taught to question everything, to question everything they read, everything they hear. Welcome to Question Culture with Brian and Lornette. This is a bi-weekly podcast where each episode, Lornette and I will be discussing and questioning conventional wisdom about a topic we believe is important. You can follow us on Facebook at QCulture1 and on Twitter at QCulture. That's Q-U-E-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. There we highly encourage our listeners to ask us questions, start a civil debate, or provide topic discussions for future episodes. If you're interested in learning more, we also share the links to the documentaries, articles, and books mentioned in each episode on our Facebook page. On today's episode, we actually have our first uh, listener request, so we're going to be questioning student loans. How's it going, Lornette? Hey, what's up, Brian? Lornette Vestal here. Um, What's up, everybody? Um, You can check out um, my website, The Evolving Man Project, uh, where I deep dive in some of the topics we uh, discuss here on Question Culture. Um, you can also follow me at Evolving Man LVB on the Twitter machine. Hit me up on uh, Evolving Man Project at Facebook. And if you can, it's be like Royals Waldo, find my Instagram. But all you got to do is type in my name and you'll find it because there's not that many Lornettes in, uh, in existence. So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing because I guess I guess I can't do any crazy shit like you know local <laughs> well, man streaks in front of city hall and takes a shit in front of the mayor's office and then it's like Lornette Vessel and then like you know it's not like my name is Adam Smith because that could be like any Adam Smith so I can't even be a Florida man Brian so I, I gotta if I gotta go if I gotta be notarized for something I gotta be notarized for something uh for the cause so um yeah apparently apparently I'm a radical uh according to um some of my work colleagues <laughs> yeah um all right so Some i my mean, union I... members he's a goddamn radical so let's get into the radical discussion of student loans you're so radical you don't you know you want everyone to have health care and you want people not to get gunned down by the police like what what you know i want everybody to have a, a living <laughs> space and that women and girls have equal access to education and women have ac- access to contraceptives so they won't have to have a bunch of kids and like not be able to take care of them and not be beat by their husbands. Radical. I mean, you know, men and women should be equal and that, you know, trans people exist and that, you know, non-binary people exist <laughs> and that, you know, bi people exist. And if, if you like, you know, if you could be pansexual and I'm not judging how many sexual partners you have, I, I guess I'm a, a goddamn radical. And if you're with somebody or multiple people and you don't want to get married or be polyamorous, <laughs> that's cool with me because hey, you know, live you, or that people should should do drugs and not go to fucking jail. And if you have an addiction, you should get medical help for it, not go to jail. I know, very radical. Very Even radical. for the devil's lettuce? I mean, come on. I know, read from 420, it's 420, people smoking the devil's lettuce, they legalize it, it's the end of America, baby. We're all fucking, it's all downhill from now. <laughs> You're gonna see, was- it's going to be blood running in the streets. Me and some friends were laughing about how like 420 is like the one holiday where you do the same shit you do every other day, but it's like special. (laughs) (laughs) Like all other holidays, you know, Halloween, you dress up, Christmas, you do presents. Like you don't do that shit on normal days. 420 is just like, well, it's a day, but it's special. (laughs) (laughs) As a a former stoner myself, yeah, I had lots of fun 420 days, but the, well, yeah, I probably, I can't share that story. (laughs) I can share part of the story. (laughs) <laughs> well, I remember my friend Mallory. She came over and she brought some friends with her, 
and she had weed, her friends had weed, then I had weed, and um, I I got designated the blunt roller, roller roller for that day, and we rolled like four or five different blunts with different types of weed in it, and we just smoked out my my apartment living room, and then this girl I dated was coming over, came over, and then like I shotgun with her. And like she like start freaking out. She was like over dramatic anyway. She's like a, a she was a theater major, so you know they're always over dramatic. Like, oh my god! <laughs> and then it, it got awkward because like we went into my room and hooked up, and then um, my friends like all left because <laughs> I guess we were loud, and they like, left my fucking door open though. I'm like, what the fuck? Like close the door at least. God damn! <laughs> Why you fucking leave my front door open? I'm like, did you guys just like get so high? Like all right, there. Oh, that's that's not cool. So uh, that was a long, long time ago in college. When I was married, not married, I was not married. I was a, a young man, single at the time. So uh, don't be like, look, I told you, Lorinette. See, this is like me getting my book out there. So when I come for president, I can let people know what I've done. I, 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 I did smoke, and, and I inhaled <laughs> because that's the that's the point. Now, 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 that's the whole point of it. And and sometimes I I I I did a little bit of fornication in college. Um, it's normal. It's what what young adults do. And we shouldn't shame them. We should provide them prophylactics and contraceptives to uh, keep themselves safe. And, um, you know, 420 and, and keep the party going. And uh, if you're at it, you can check out my podcast with um, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, the boss, and, and Obama, the real boss, uh, called Renegades. Now, I call it Renegades because I was the first black president. So when I dropped those drones on motherfuckers, that was the Renegade Act of a black man dropping bombs on you because I'm the biggest gangster in the world as the president of the, the these United States here. Obama out. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I I bet this podcast would probably disqualify us from holding any kind of elected office or high up position in the military. That's for fucking sure. Although I got out of the military after four years because I didn't like being told what to do. And uh, yeah, having your life controlled um, by your commanding officer kind of sucks so um and also I, I yeah following orders you know especially with people i don't respect not everybody it was some people i respected in the military it was some people i didn't and like they and it, because they can outrank you you gotta like follow their orders but you're like you're a fucking total douchebag i don't like you so i had to get out i don't even like the ideas of of uniforms <laughs> like that's how like anti like <laughs> control i am like all right maybe in sports you know when you take a glance you want to see a certain color so if you know they're on their team or not but anything else, like oh, i feel so bad for people who had to wear like school uniform did you have to wear Fuck yeah uniforms? i went i was one of those urban youth oh, in shit, chicago and we had to wear school uniforms because like the game colors and it's like whatever it's just it's just preparing your children for like the prison environment or the military environment that's that's all it was yeah right exactly especially poor black and brown students in inner cities and probably poor white kids in the rural areas. Like, you go join ROTC. Yeah, the, and when you get prepared to go to the army, and you know, we send poor people to go fight for our poor people to go fight other poor people across the world for rich people. <laughs> but as long yeah. as you got the right uniform on, it's all golden. Exactly. So let, let's let's get into it. The student loans. Yeah, why? This is our first request. So shout out to uh, the person who requested this. And if you have other requests, topics that you want us to question, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good one, too, because we kind of like to talk about topics that affect everyone. And I don't know of a topic better fit. I mean, at least for people, you know, let's say like 45 and under, 
Um, I don't think, like me personally, even I don't think I know anyone who doesn't have a massive amount of student loan debt that went to college. And honestly, all the people and friends that I know that are the most well-off financially are actually those who didn't go to college and went to trade schools and stuff instead and never got into like that massive debt. I mean, I know just you and me personally, this has affected us, right, Lornette? Oh, hell yeah. Um, I have lots and lots of student debt because, you know, um, I, I joined the military. Part of the reason I did join the military is when I was uh, 17 and I was, you know, it was only like, six months to my high school graduation. And my mom set me down and she's like, you know, your brother's struggling at community college. Um, we were so poor, even with my dad working all the time. My mom didn't work. Um that they didn't believe the the her W two. They thought it was forged uh, when I, when my brother tried to get financial aid with it. And it's like it's no way she has all these kids and makes this less this least amount of money. So he was just really struggling trying to get financial aid uh, when he was going to community college. He was at like Olive Harvey, so that's like community college. And this is in the nineties, uh, well early two thousands, early two thousands. So I'm like I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm old, old. I'm getting older, but I'm not like. I wasn't. I didn't graduate high school in the '90s. It was 2001, so I know a big difference. But anyway, I digress. Um, my mom was like, "I don't have money to send you to college," um, and I know that's what you want to do. And it, it was tough, tough, because you know you could stay around the neighborhood, and you can you know um, go back to your high school as like a 19 year old, be like, "I graduated last year. I'm cool." And it's like, yeah, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy hanging around in high school after I graduate, living my glory days. Because to be totally honest, I, I fucking hated high school. Um, and we didn't have money to, to, you know, I didn't have a trust fund. So I couldn't like, hey, go go to college or go travel the world and find yourself. So I, I decided to join the military because I did do ROTC. And I um, and part of the appeal was they said, oh, we cover your college um, while you're in service. And my goal was like, I'll join the military, become a mil- Navy officer and, you know, have my college paid for and, you know, do 20 years as an officer and get out with retirement and, you know, my finances will be secure. Well, two things happened. Um, I didn't like following orders too much <laughs> and all the rigid structures. Shocker. I, I guess that's the the NPFJ. Um, is that what they that's my my uh, Myers-Briggs, uh, what they call it, a, a campaigner. N-P, no, N-F, NFP. So that that's my Myers Briggs for those who are curious. So I guess we don't really like following complete structure. And also, um, I realized that some of the officers I met who had to get college degrees, some of them were fucking morons. And I was like, I guess college isn't that hard because if they fucking got a degree, then I know I can fucking get one because they're they're kind of fucking stupid. Like they're they're like one step away from eating crayons. Uh, shout out to the Marine Corps. Don't know that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. But um, upon gradu- upon getting out of the military, I did go to NIU. That's how me and Brian connected. Um, over our love of marijuana, checking out. Um, um, let, let, let me, I'm going to get us in trouble. Let me, I'm going to shut up on this podcast. I'm going to get us in trouble. Our wives going to be listening. What, fucking checking out girls at the VCB, huh? Lernette and Brian, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't want your, I don't want your, your lady to, like, uh, murder you. And uh, my lady just said, I knew it, Lernette. I just knew it. I just knew it. I knew, it. I, knew it. I knew you were a man whore. I was not a man whore. I just... I'm not a player. I just crushed a lot. <laughs> I really wasn't. I didn't have game. I just got lucked up into it. I didn't get game until I was like much older. Um, I wish I had game in college. 
but I probably <laughs> had like three kids. So I digress. We're going <laughs> off the topic. College was fun, um, but God damn it, it's an expensive fun to have. <laughs> yes, it is. that's a good way to put it. It is a lot of fun, and I wouldn't – I mean, it kind of sucks because, like, what I learned in college, I wouldn't give back for, like, anything in the world, you know, but it was – it's like, damn, did I had to go that much in debt to, like, learn all that? Like, you know, it's like a shame because – Yeah, and I was an idiot and did grad school, so at a private university, so I got, like, 100,000-plus in student loans because – I and, and you know what the fucked thing about it is my colleagues that I met who went to the same school, same program I went to at University of Chicago. They came from more affluent backgrounds, and they just like asked for money, and they came out with far less debt or no debt, and they just knew that they could just go about, hey, can I get some money? And the University of Chicago at the time had a seven billion dollar endowment, so they just like, yeah, sure. I didn't know I could just ask for more money. I just took the half scholarship they gave me that didn't. The tuition at the time was like forty five thousand dollars a year, and I was living in Chicago, so Jesus, that's an expensive ass. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna go into like major fucking debt for two years, trying to like you know you gotta you gotta eat, you gotta pay rent, you gotta travel. Um, I was in a grad program, so I had to like commute to work, whether it's through car or on the bus. So like the school doesn't cover that shit, and you gotta pay the school tuition. So I had the GI bill for like the first year, but this the second year I didn't have shit, so I ended up like in debt. And I, when I graduated, eighty thousand. But you know, after years with deferments and 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 interest, it, it's like at one hundred and twenty. That's a real killer. Is the interest? I mean, yeah. Even like, because I was thinking about recently how I had like pretty much the best situation like a middle class person had could hope for, where a couple of my grandparents had put aside some money for me for their grandkids for college, and my parents had done the same. So I can't remember if it was one year or two years that they paid for me, but I had the first year or two paid. And then still, when I graduated, I was like damn near like 40,000 in debt. And now I've, you know, now as a 34 year old, I finally paid off my student loans. And that was paying somewhere between 200 to $500 a month, you know, up to this point. And so even with, you know, having my family and, you know, doing all the right things, saving up for your children's college, all that type of stuff, I still had all that debt. And I mean, I finished that, but now I still am battling. I have all this credit card debt from when I, that I built up mostly while I was in college um, that, you know, I'm still paying off that. So like this debt is literally like going to follow you around forever and we're not alone. Um, So I was, you know, reading for this podcast that 44 million Americans hold a total of $1.4 trillion in student debt. So I was just thinking, you know, over when I finally like at least paid off the student loan debt portion, which I'm lucky to have been able to do that, if I didn't have my parents and grandparents for the first year or two, then I'd still be paying that off. Like, I was thinking about, you know, two to $500 a month, where I would be in life had I not had that, you know? Like, would I have had, an, uh, you know, my house earlier in life? Would I... You know, just thinking about all the things that I could have done. It's basically like you're paying mortgage for a house you don't have. <laughs> oh, exactly. And it's like, you know, there's more statistics to throw out, out there. And this is from um, the Department of um, Commerce. Commerce. Uh, 37% of people who owe debt are under 30. The other 62% are older than 30. So like me and Brian's age, we're in our 30s. And then another interesting statistic when you break it down by race and gender, uh, 77% of black students who took out student loans compared to 60%, uh, 77% of black students took out federal loans 
compared to 60%, which is a natural national average. And then women hold about two-thirds of the total student loan debt in this country. So that amounts to about $9 billion. So that's, you know, that's crazy. And what Brian said, 44 million people. And you got to think about the people who um, who have their degrees, but then you have the people who didn't finish college. Or maybe they went to one of those rip-you-off for-profit colleges, which should be, like, illegal if we live in a just society. Because, like, ripping people off and then giving them a degree that isn't accredited is like some bullshit. And uh, a fun fact, I got into a Twitter beef with University of Phoenix back in the day um, because I said that they were, you know, ripping people off. And they're like, actually, we are an accredited institution. And I was wrong. They finally, they got their accreditation. Um, so they're, they're not ripping people off anymore. <laughs> anymore. So they, they were at one time. All right. So yeah, anymore. And also kind of, I mean, that was what I was reading about for this podcast is you know because you know thanks for um for the idea to do this podcast because i honestly didn't know very much about it but i was looking at a big problem with this the student loan crisis is that high school students are going in expecting that their college degree in this field is going to end up netting them you know getting a job that gets a certain wage when in reality, the jobs that people are getting at college are paying much, much less than what the students thought they were going to get. You know, so you're like, OK, I'm going to go be an engineer. I'm going to get X amount of money and it'll be worth this college. But really, when they're graduating, they're finding out that the jobs aren't there and they're not going to be making that money that they thought they would. And that's obviously like locking up the economy. I mean, anyone who's taken economics 101 knows that a healthy economy is where money is being moved around a lot and lots of transactions are taking place. But really that the, the exact opposite is happening where, you know, students are going into all this debt, but then they're not making that money back. So they're just paying off this debt instead of buying things, buying homes, going on vacations, you know, spending their money on things. So it's really locking up the economy. Yeah, yeah. And there's some reasons behind it in this country. Why compared to other countries? Because most Western Western nations have free or um, universal college for for their population, and America's unique because you know mm-hmm. um, there is lots of hard data and, and, and stats on the fact. I mean, that, yeah. That, well, I mean, I, I have one from Forbes right here that was just saying that America spends more on college than any other country it's it's second most of any country in the world and the only outside other of luxembourg has, yeah luxembourg and they, and they, but they provide too. free college for their students <laughs> yeah you see that so it's like all right so we're spending i mean yeah so they they're spending the most but at least they everyone gets universal you know education but like here it's like we're spending the most and like it, it's also like not even everyone obviously like gets to go to college even Exactly. And this is another thing I need to put out there. So there's, there's, we want to talk about before we get into like why compared to other countries, two things. So first off, only 30% from the the data I know of Americans or 34% have like a bachelor's degree or some college. And then you go to like advanced degrees, like um, masters and PhDs and specialized uh, secondary degrees. You get to like 12 or 11% of the, the U.S. population. So it's not a large amount of, I mean, it's not the majority of Americans that most of the people have like high school diplomas and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think one of the things that we, our generation, the millennials, um, and you can, you know, attest for this, Brian, that we've been sold is that, and if you want to make it in this world, you got to go to college. So like we're telling, you know, 
young people and kids from the day they're like born or the day they get to like school that college is the way you make it. So it becomes an, an option, an attractive option for lots of folks. Um, and there's nothing wrong with getting an education, but we should also value trade school and, and other other routes to being a, a productive member of society, um, not just going to college. And also at the, at the same token, uh, we should make those programs uh, cheaper and more affordable for all folks too. And, but this is a myth that we push and it just become, became a hustle. Um, go to college. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do. Well, absolutely. You're right about like millennials. Like I almost feel like, like at least for me and my household and for a bunch of my friends and stuff, like college wasn't even an option. It's like, unless if you don't want to be a piece of shit, you're going to college is like basically what it was, you know? So absolutely. But I also want to like preface this whole episode by saying I in no way think like a college degree makes you better than anyone else or smarter than anyone else. I know people who don't have college degrees and are some of the smartest people I know. I know people who have college degrees and are fucking idiots, in my opinion. Donald Trump has a college degree from Ivy League. Right. I'm sure that's because his daddy gave that school a lot of money because he's a fucking moron, just like George W. Bush. Right. But with that said, I am passionate about education and people getting educated and i think it's a good thing and i want as many people to be as educated as possible um in this world and college is a certain if you're searching that college is a good avenue and can really help if you're you know if you try i mean there's a there's an old proverb that uh, those who want to learn will find a teacher so you know if you're just all about making money you can go to college and learn how to make money and that's all you do where i wouldn't really consider that like super valuable to the world but if you want to learn things, college is super helpful. So I definitely think access to a formalized secondary education is important and something that is important to strive for, you know, if it's a possibility for you and if you want to. Yeah. And I think one of the great things about college, you know, what you learn, especially once you hit the workforce and like travel and move and relocate and stuff like that. Um, one, of the, it's an experience you can't take away, whether you're a student athlete or, you know, on the debate team like I was. So definitely was not. Definitely you were on, on the debate team? Oh, yeah, I was wow. on the debate team. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that, but I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> I was on the NIE forensics team. Uh, I was a master debater. <laughs> debate joke. Nerd! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm feeling in. I, I still get married. I'm still sexy, so it doesn't fucking matter if I was a nerd. Uh, the ladies loved me. Uh, I like me. <laughs> in, in my single days, let me rephrase that. Um, but... It's a great experience. You meet lots of friendships. Me and Brian, obviously, we met in college. Um, I got some great friends I'm still good friends with that I met in college and grad school. Um, friendships I, you know, can't take away. Um, and and I, I got friends I'm still, folks I'm still friends with from high school. So, you know, these different aspects in your life, you know, you get you get these experiences. It's not just the education piece. It's the, you know, building camaraderie, going through the same thing. I say the two neighborhoods that have the most liquor stores in them are the hood and college towns. <laughs> uh, it, it's the truth. But yeah, um, you just end up truth, having yeah. a lot of fun and experiments and, and, and just good times. And, and, and like, you know, I met some really awesome professors and learned a lot and, and met some awesome friends. And they challenged the way I thought and and helped me grow as an individual some of the some of the people I had to you know meet in, I met in college and became friends with and I'm still friends with to this day so it's a it's a great experience is just the fact that 
we shouldn't be paying an arm and leg for it. So there, there's going to be the people who are haters and they listen to his episode or they listen to folks like when Bernie Sanders is running. He's like, we need to give everyone free college, universal college. And they're like, how are we going to pay for it? And like, you want someone to pay for you. That's this. That's it's the libertarian argument. And you can listen to our podcast on libertarianism, and we talk about how much bullshit that is. So listen here. It's just as simple. My uncle is in his sixties. Early, he just turned sixty, and he went to the University of uh, Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. So that's like the really big state school in our home state of Illinois, or well, my home state of Illinois, where Brian lives currently. And he went there in the seventies, seventies, early eighties, and he said he worked a summer job. Listen to this, Brian. He worked a summer job, and that paid his tuition and books for the year. Dude, you and me worked at the bookstore the whole year round, including yep. the summer. And dude, all, that, that the something. only thing that ever was paid for was my rent when I didn't get the GI Bill in the summertime and, like, beer money <laughs> and, like, some oh, groceries. Dude, exactly. I felt like that job, like, barely covered, like, my groceries, and that was and, – and we can get all into all the <laughs> – we could get into all the bullshit, too, like how the bookstore – like, I remember they, like, hired us as, like, temporary employees. So, for, like, the six mo- first six months, you didn't even make minimum wage. And I remember even at the time, I'm like, this sounds, like, illegal as fuck, but whatever. I need a job. But, oh, yeah. Um, and then the fact that, like, how much those books, like, cost. And then when you sell them back, you get, like, nothing for it. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, it's just a bookstore I can mind. But, like, what you mentioned about your uncle, like, how, how you know, how he was able to afford that just based off the summer job. I even remember that with my mom uh you know she became a teacher so she went to eastern illinois um to become a teacher and how much cheaper it was and i mean that that's there that's a fact because like while i was researching for this it said that the cost of higher education has surged by more than 500 percent since 1985 so in essence a ten thousand dollar education in 1985 would cost fifty thousand dollars today and I even noticed that with uh, my brother Steve from our, uh, who some of you might know from the history episodes, he's about three and a half years younger than me, so he's four years behind me in school. And I even remember we both went to the same school, NIU, and I remember comparing our tuition, and his was insanely even higher than mine. So, and that's just a few years behind me, you know. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I just did some research because when I went to University of Chicago, and I started there in two thousand nine, so that's about like. Um, 12 years it's 12 years ago um give neither take. of us were math majors <laughs> it was 12 years ago uh it was exactly 12 years ago and it was forty five thousand dollars a year which is fucking expensive it's a private institution but still it, it was fucking expensive you know what it costs nowadays a year there how much it's sixty thousand dollars yes right in that in that amount of time so each like yeah, 10 like, years it's and like 10, yeah. less than 10 years and over a little over 10 years it went the the cost of tuition. That's just tuition. Went up by fifteen thousand dollars. Nowadays, when I was in um, when I went to college, um, Urbana-Champaign, the big the Big Ten, big state school in the state of Illinois, it was about twenty five thousand for out of state tuition. Nowadays, it's about thirty seven thousand. So it's a huge increases in just the, like the past decade, fifteen to ten to fifteen years. College and, and, and it's like, what, are people now getting some magical degree that's so much harder to teach and so much more value? No, it's the same fucking jobs. It's pumping out, you know, engineers, teachers, nurses, doctors, all the same shit. So why is the price exploding? I mean, I had a, a personal experience. My uh, 
my uh, brother Steve has to travel a lot for work. So he, uh, through work, he met, they were in Malaysia, but he met this guy from Germany. And then the German guy also had to come to Chicago for work later on. So we were all hanging out. And we got into talking about things and education came up and I asked him how much he had paid for school because Steve and him work for the same, you know, he's in Germany, Steve's in America, but they work for the same company, you know, basically engineers performing the same work and Steve's in all this student loan debt. And I asked, I think he paid it off by now because, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> engineers make good money. <laughs> but um, I asked him how much he paid for school and he was like, he thought about it for a second. He's like, mm, probably like 900 American dollars. And I'm like, 900 per class per year? He's like, no, probably in total, like $900. <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to like scream or like go run off a cliff. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you have the exact same, you know, you went to school to become an engineer just like Steve, yet like 900 bucks is what you like think you paid for the whole thing. Like, that's what you and me at NIU, that's like what one class cost. You know? Oh, yeah, that's like our textbooks for a semester. And let's, and let's, and let's kind of think about that compared to other countries. Um, and it's a quote from an article uh, from our research. It's diabolical cycle. Colleges are very expensive to run in the United States, partly because of high salaries earned by their skilled workers, but also by the higher salaries that those with college degree um, will make, it, thus it making it extremely valuable, uh, which means Americans are willing to pay a lot to get them. And so colleges can charge more. And ultimately, college is expensive in the U.S. for the same reason MRIs are pricey. There is no centralized mechanism to control price increases. Universities extract money from the students because they fucking can. And that's that's the, that's the simple part of it. Um, and Brian and I was talking about because we went to NIU and it was one of the schools that was like, we want to be part of the Big Ten, but they, <laughs> sorry, NIU. <laughs> I don't know if you ever made the Big Ten, but they really, really aiming for it. So like they spent a lot of money on promoting their football team. And the thing about student athletes, which is fucking crazy, is yeah, they'll get free college tuition, but basically being a student athlete is like goddamn having a full time job while going to school. And don't you remember a few years ago, Brian? And I wrote about this on my blog. Some of the, they were like the, the, the students who were like in the NCAA champions basketball championship. The guy was like, "Yeah, we're we're like skipping meals and shit because like we can't afford it." So this guy and these young men and women are playing these sports. And, like, you know, college football and college basketball is fucking huge. The Final Four, March Madness, that's, like, big business. And yet the fucking – the people putting in the fucking work – the reason why people watch, watch the fucking sports is for the fucking players on the team. They're not watching for the goddamn coach. Even if the coach is a good coach, they're not watching. They're watching for the goddamn amazing players. Right. And they're fucking starving themselves because they got to, like, ration meals. And they're student athletes. So, like, they're working out, like, four or five times a day, and they're starving themselves. That sounds insane. I'm like, I'm hungry after going for a run or a workout at the gym. I want to eat some fucking breakfast. And as the college students are like fucking broke as shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and there's. You and know, these there's are the student some... athletes. These are the ones getting the, the fucking free tuition. That That's a whole episode in and of itself is how much. Like, uh, how the they're getting exploited. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But even, even forget the athletes. Think of regular students. I know we all have stories of like. I I was so poor during college. You know, I was just telling you about before the episode started how much my brother loves soup and how, like, he was so poor in college he would, like, eat nothing but chicken canned chicken noodle soup for, like, weeks on end. And we all have stories like that, where, you know, with, like, ramen or, like, whatever. Oh, ramen, like, tuna in a can. And, yeah, but it just goes back to that stupid how we spend all this money on this stupid shit so when it comes time for, 
you know, like, it'd be nice if I could learn on a full stomach, you know, like, so, like, we spend all this money on this stupid shit, and then when it comes to, like, young people learning education, everyone's, like, you know, just barely squeaking by, and, like, barely has enough to, like, even survive. Exactly, yeah, and and there's some statistics about so-called broke college students. It's It gets real. This is, like, from 2018. Uh, over 36% of college students say that the food, they are food insecure. Another 36% say that they are housing insecure. While nine percent report being homeless, and this is like a 2016 study uh, from the Hope Lab, Hope Lab, and University of Chicago, I mean University of Wisconsin. Uh, also, 21 percent of those homeless students say they felt unsafe where they lived, and, and then some more data, like 37 percent of community college students and 29 percent of four-year students reported the food they bought just didn't last, and they didn't have the money to buy more. So when we talk about those student athletes, like rationing food and starving themselves uh, while they're fucking playing on national TV while you, these the NCAA is making gods of money the universities are making gods of money and these students are student athletes are starving the regular students are many of them are in the same boat and it gets even worse because like you know I'm pretty sure even post post pandemic the whole sugar baby industry there's an industry of like men who are like in their 40s and 50s who are well off and established and maybe some women uh, so you know Let's be equal here, and 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 not and, and not straight people, sugar daddies and sugar babies. So let's keep it in the context of like men and women, sugar daddies, sugar babies, sugar daddy, rich guy. He pays, goes on his website to find like young women. A good portion of them are college students, so whoring themselves out to like pay for their college. Uh, which, like I said, there's nothing wrong with sex work. Sex work is work. If folks want to do that, that's fine. But this is more insidious of like. Hey, you know, you can get yourself a hot young college girl who like is desperate for money and you can, you know, you know, be her sugar daddy. And there's like sites like this that exist. I mean, some people are like, well, that's been happening since the beginning of time. But like, it's fine. kind of disgusting that there's like an industry in the United States because it fucking is. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Or I was wishing I could find myself a hot sugar mama and fucking uh, in college to pay off my student loan debt when I was in grad school. <laughs> I mean, and and I don't want to jump the gun with like get where we get into solutions, but I find one of the biggest hurdles about controlling the price of college is that there's a lot of people in power who like that people are starting out life indebted because it makes them more easily exploitable. So like, I, you know, I was reading an article about um, the military worrying, you know, they don't want to make college too affordable because a lot of the reason, like you, a lot of the reason people join the military is to get college paid for. So if you take away, you know, if you make college affordable, then they're going to lose out on all these recruits. And so, but it like shows the insidiousness yeah, of disgusting. like, yeah, like we're going to make this expensive so that you have to, you know, come to, you know, lay your life on the line. For oh, us, yeah. Or they like promise like debt forgiveness because that's what happened with my brother. He's been in almost 20 years and he, he got his, um, you know his student loans and shit like that paid off and was able to get a master's degree so you know there are benefits but like you shouldn't have to fucking go fight a goddamn war you shouldn't be it, it basically the war is military is like let's send poor people to another poor country to fight poor people to benefit rich people in both those countries yeah you shouldn't have to lay your life on the line to get educated no no <laughs> and like and you shouldn't have to lay your life on the line and you shouldn't have to whore yourself out and you shouldn't have to fucking starve and other countries have figured this out this isn't radical and that's the funny thing about this. It's so radical. Free college is so radical. And it's like, it all began like 50 years ago. And I think it's twofold. I think it's the reaction to this 1960s and 70s and 50s, definitely 1950s and 60s, the civil rights era, 
um, the women's rights era, the LGBTQ movement popped off, the student anti-Vietnam protests, and that thing about like the politicians liking student debt to keep people bought into the system, that's what it is. So like in the 50s, you had the high rise of the middle class, people had a house, they were vested in America because they had a piece of, they had a piece of the American dream. Well, you know, if, if you're a young person, you, you can't buy a house yet. So how do you get those people in, in, in indebted into the United States and invested? Get them a college degree. And then when they get to college, they're not really thinking about learning and, and, and thinking about the world and how they can change it. They're thinking about like, I need to get this. I need to get this degree to get this good job so I can pay off all these student loans. And then I can live my American dream. So I think this was an insidious action by, you know, the, the, the right wing and, and, and the liberal Democrats, too. To like we we can't have these pro- students protesting wars and stuff, and burning their draft cards and you know raising consciousness, because it's always the young people that lead you know lead the movements. Um, Brian and I are you know slowly aging out. Uh, we're we're no longer going to be the young people. You, you got one more year to be considered young, Brian, because once you hit thirty five, that's that's when you're considered you know adult middle age and like you know sh- that's when you like shut the fuck up, go to work, pay your taxes, or be <laughs> oh, man, homeless. I, th- I, th- I thought that was at thirty. <laughs> no, no, that's it's really like at thirty five. That's really when it happens. Okay. <laughs> so shut the fuck up, pay your taxes, and go to work, or you'll be homeless. That's that's a. Uh, but but I, I completely agree with you about the backlash to the movement of the 60s, and I don't think it's conspiratorial at all. Because So to go back a little bit further, I was reading – because I was reading kind of about the history of college, you know, and early – you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, before World War II really – college was it was a very classist thing so only the richest of people went to college you know basically they learned you know the upper class learned how to be managers and rulers of the society and only extremely well people but then what happened after world war ii was the the leaders of the country realized that there were nearly 16 million american men and women who had been serving in the forces and who were then going to be unemployed when they finally returned so they, they realized that that would be bad for their economics. That could cause another depression to have so many people, you know, basically not be be assimilated into society. So what they did was they created the GI Bill. I think it was called the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944. Um, and uh, Franklin Roosevelt signed it into law. And um, it was basically dubbed the GI Rights Bill because it offered federal aid to help veterans buy homes, get jobs, and pursue an education. And it worked like a charm after the first seven years of World War II, 8 million veterans had taken advantage of it. And um, U.S. Uh, college and university degree holders more than doubled between 1940 and 50. And um, within 50 years, the number of Americans with an advanced degree rose by nearly 20%. So you had this huge explosion of people that were getting college degrees and going to, going into specific jobs which was all well and good. It grew, you know, it, the the biggest explosion of the American middle class happened after that period, after World War II, leading into the 1950s. But then what you eventually started to happen, which Lornette touched on, was you had the women's movement, the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement. Working class people who had never had access to the knowledge they had before started to resist all these established systems. And I think... You know, after that, the powers that be were just like, we cannot have this keep happening. We need to figure out a new way to get people under control. And what you could do by then is by making college so expensive, you then reestablish it as an elite institution where working class people couldn't have access to that. Exactly. And I also think another thing we need to think about, we kind of talked about this in our libertarian episode. Um, So 
my wife and I was having this conversation the other night and we're talking about the 1970s was the period in the United States history where we could have went we could have like we could have went with those movements and really kind of reshaped the United States and to be a more just and fair and equal society and perhaps even kind of reined in the military industrial complex so that was like the, the decade to do it and in the 80s we kind of went with Reagan and you know we, we, and that's when you had the rise of like the real like the the right wing shift in our in our in our culture and the last you know basically 50 years with that time period from the 70s and 80s is that's when you see the rise in like college tuitions and also the gutting of the public sector so the reason why these public universities start raising their tuition and shit like that is they were getting let state funding like those are getting cut the government was no longer private prioritizing education it was all going towards you know if you look at every state budget or city budget it's just like the military budget it goes to law enforcement most of the money that's why defund the police is not like a slogan fuck you barack obama on that it's a policy because millions to billions of dollars have been taken out the public sector to, to go into law enforcement and you know one of the best way to fight crime in this in this society is give people fucking living wages give people access to education mm-hmm. give folks a living wage and you're less likely to do crime because the reason why like a lot of people who are in, in crime in prison thanks to the fucking war on drugs thanks Nixon and Reagan and fucking Joe Biden on that um is people are like committing crime for, for because of poverty. Like during this recession, during the, since the pandemic started, the number one item getting stolen from like stores and stuff is fucking baby food. People are fucking stealing stealing to like feed their kids. And like, yes, you want do you want your child to starve? Fuck no. You're gonna you're gonna risk going to jail. And that's that's the problem right here. We never this is the elephant in the wood. We the room. It's it's what we talked about in our last podcast with libertarianism and is right where shifts in this country is let's gut the public sector in order to make the rich people even more far more rich than what they already are and have no and cut all the social safety net programs and do austerity cuts and yet you're creating a society of have and have nots to the most extreme degree and we continue that process and college the college costs and the student loan debt crisis is only another part of that puzzle so all this shit is connected that we talk about in question culture none of this stuff isn't yeah, and that's what's so frustrating is the establishment will only anytime there's crime or poverty, the establishment always pushes police as the as the solution. It's like, oh, you don't want crime in your neighborhood, you better support the po- police. But police don't stop crimes; they just react to ones that have already happened. If you are actually interested in actually preventing crime, you need to spend taxpayer money on education and jobs programs. Because if people are educated so they know how to navigate the world and have some kind of specialized skill that they can utilize for income, is the way to actually, then people won't resort to becoming criminals. It's when you leave people no other option that they resort to criminality. So if you want to actually stop crime, tax money should be spent on education and not the police state basically yeah and, and that's brian what, oh go ahead go, no go ahead no i was just gonna say and, and the cost of like a free college free public universities and college is not even a high of a price tag compared to like what we spend on the military and other we're on prisons yeah on prisons <laughs> so look it, listen to this this is like you know research so 
for all the folks who are like, Brian, learn that you're just a bunch of goddamn hippie socialists who destroying America and don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is like some fucking data from mainstream media sites. This isn't even fucking us talking. We, we do our research. But it's estimated that even without family income limitations, eliminating tuition for four years at all public colleges and universities for all students would cost taxpayers $70 billion a year, according to the Department of Education. So if I'm a taxpayer, which I am, I own a house, so all you conservatives out there and, 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 and moderate Democrats are just like, you just you just want a bunch of free fucking stuff, bro. <laughs> I don't. I fucking pay taxes. I pay income taxes. I pay fucking taxes on my goddamn house. And every time I fucking go out to buy some shit, I pay sales taxes. So just like many millions of poor people in this country who buy food and shit like that because they got to survive and eat, they fucking pay taxes too. And I much rather my fucking tax dollars go to funding free colleges and trade schools for all students. No matter if they can be rich as shit. And let me be, be honest, rich people don't fucking pay for college because they're fucking rich. They give a grant to the school or donation to the school. That's how fucking Donald Trump got a goddamn fucking degree from Penn State. I mean, well, Penn, University of I mean, let's be real. And George yeah, Bush. I mean, let's be real. If George W. Bush was a working class person, he would not have gone to college or would have been a co- he, he he would have never got to Yale or Harvard or oh, whatever fuck fucking no. college. Yeah, fucking you know, guys are fucking you know, yeah. It's like right. there's an old saying in Texas, Tennessee, Mississippi, you fool me once. You fool me, but you can't fool me again. Dude, that is one of my favorite quotes from a president ever. I oh, like the fact that, like, I'll never forget when someone threw a shoe at him. And I don't know why no one threw a shoe at fucking Trump or fucking Biden. Because they also deserve to get a shoe thrown Yeah, they all deserve it. In fact, every last president get a, needs a shoe. And George <laughs> yeah. Washington needs a fucking kick in the dick. I know he's dead, <laughs> but he's a fucking slave owner. So fuck that guy. <laughs> but we're getting off the point. That That's so, like, it's 70 fucking billion dollars a year. $79 billion a year for free college. That's that's the price tag. So all this whole, and, and we remember during the primaries, fucking CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, every time Bernie's talking about, we need free college, universal college. How are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it? We fucking spend that on our fucking police forces in these cities. Exactly. And, and I noticed, because that was really when, you know, we decided on this topic, I was really interested in why college is so expensive compared to, you know, because compared to other countries and it was the exact same answer as uh medicare as medical insurance as health insurance is that there's no everything is privatized so there's no public funding of it for any way so it drives the price up so it's literally because we're not spending our tax money on it then we're driving up the price of you know we're letting individuals have to pay for it and then everybody just gets fucked. So it's literally the, you know, check out our, our healthcare episode, but it's literally, literally the exact same shit. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is, is that other countries have centralized, you know, mechanisms placed, put in place. So if you had a, you know, if you want to go to private college and pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go there, if you can afford it by all means, but all public, you know, universities and colleges should be free. And, and, and people are like, we can't afford it. Well, you know what? It's two states in the union that have already um, made public college at the community college level free. California and Tennessee. And those programs are working out pretty fantastic. More people are enrolling. Less people are getting to debt. Um, those are models. And even if you're an older citizen who's past the college age and you're like, I don't give a fuck about it because I'm not going to college. Don't you want to live in a country with smart people? 
that's why I want to me the two things I want my government to take care of more than anything else in the whole world is healthcare and education. I want people to be healthy and I so they can, you know, actually do things. <laughs> and then I want them to be educated because I don't want to live in a country with a bunch of dumb fucks. I just want people to be smart and to be capable in my country. So even though there's no I'm not making a profit or it's all not about me, it'll come back to you if everyone else in the the country is educated. Yeah, and another thing is, you know, we can go into a whole whole another show about like how education is problematic in this country and indoctrination. So we're not going to sit here and debate that. But we're gonna what we are going to debate is that I think it's good that we live in a country where we could, where people know how to read, write, do basic math, know how to balance the checkbooks, and understand the topics of the day at a conversational level, or just understand how local, state, and federal government works. Because uh, it was so funny as people were, you know, doing their election season, primary season, were, you know, attacking me like, you're learning it, you just don't know how things are set up. And it's like, motherfucker, I went to the college where they fucking develop our current economic model. The fucking neoliberal bullshit came out of fucking Virginia and it also came out of the University of Chicago, thanks to Milton Friedman, the great economist or the asshole economist, because I'm just being sarcastic when I say great, who was just like, let's privatize everything and... You let the market, free market, solve itself. And then that money will magically trickle down to all the poor people and peasants. And that, that's not, that's bullshit. The, the rich and elites hoard that fucking wealth like it's going out of tomorrow. Because like Jeff Bezos, he doesn't need all that goddamn money. Even his grandchildren's children's children won't be able to spend all that goddamn money. And if I had that fucking type of money, I'd have like a thousand kids because I'm like, oh, well... <laughs> I you can, can afford, afford to have them. Shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I can afford to have them. Like, but like, we're talking about regular people. One person should have that type of money. And even if you say like, Lornette, Brian, you're just being jealous of job creators. They're not job creators. Their money is their money is making money thanks to like the stock market. People, it's nothing people, tangible. People create jobs because they consume things, so there's exactly. a demand for it. So, so that whole their job creator is a bunch of bullshit. And then and then let's let's give a conservative argument. So, um. I guess we can move into. We talked about the history and like why it's at this point, and uh, the rising cost of uh, college education, like the last forty years, <laughs> and all that and inflation. And and one of the things they always tell you is like student debt is good. And like you know this I feel so like you know I, I read this quote. I will read this quote. Student debt may be healthy kind of to have, but it's still imperative that you stay on top of your loan payments, skipping payments, or making late ones could hit your credit score as much as having piles of unhealthy credit card debt. Therefore, is it important that you pay your student loans on time and in full every month? You can also explore uh, other relief options. And one of the relief options is like the student loan forgiveness program for public public service loan forgiveness program. And I remember the Trump administration in 2017 got sued because 800 people had applied because that program started in 2007 under the Bush administration. And 10 years later, these folks are like, all right, we've been paying on time, blah, blah, blah. We should get our debt forgiven. And they only like 93 people got it, their shit forgiven out of 800. And it's just kind of like, dude, it was fucked. It's just fucked. They made every excuse like, oh, you didn't fill in these paperwork at this day. You missed this payment. You did this. You didn't do this. So it's just like, dude, that doesn't just, work. Dude, you just gave me a rage flashback because when with when you mentioned credit scores and when it pertains to college loans 
I remember when I was first trying to get a car after college. So I had, I think it was, I hadn't paid my student loans back for like three or four months when I first graduated college. So I was trying to get my first car and they were like, oh, you need to go get a co-signer because your credit score is low because you didn't pay your, your student loans for this. So, all right. So it hurts you so bad in that way. But then recently when I, so I had, I think I had five or six total different loans. Each time I paid one off, my credit score went up one fucking point per loan. So with all the loans, my credit score went up five points. So it's like, how fucked up is that? That's something that I've been working on paying off for 20 years, paying hundreds of dollars a month. It's like, ooh, good job. Here's one cookie. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like, like that when I so, paid off my fucking car. Like my credit credit score went fucking down. So credit scores are bullshit. They were created in 1989. So we could do a fucking podcast on that because it's like bullshit. Uh, also with student loans too it's the one and thanks to joe biden on this one it's the one it's one of the only things if you declare bankruptcy student loans isn't won't you won't get rid of student loans you'll still have to pay that shit off yeah we get that we can thank good old joe biden to make that make that happen uh so when i say he's a decent man they mean he's a decent asshole and I mean, this this goes back to our very first episode of both parties being corrupt is so we're, we're thanking Joe Biden because there was this bill that it was actually a Republican um, written and led bill, but 18 Democrats voted in favor of it. And it was it basically prevented and, you know, student loans wouldn't be covered under bankruptcy. So you'd still have to pay that shit off even afterwards. So just another example of Democrats and Republicans working together to screw over the American people and. Because of the high cost of it, there's actually 3 million Americans currently who are over the age of 60 that are still paying off their college loans. 30, 3 million people over the age of 60 paying student fucking loans from when they were in their early 20s. It's it's madness. <laughs> so, Brian, I guess our, our question is, what's, what are some solutions to this obvious problem of student loan debt? Or we're going to be like Pete Buttigieg. We can't give people free college because... Then the rich people will be getting benefiting off the system. I'm like they fucking benefit off the, the whole system is designed for rich people to keep their money and make more money. So it's like if we got if a couple of rich people gain the system, if we give millions of millions of people from working class and low income backgrounds access to college where they don't have to fucking join the military to go blow up fucking people, poor fight poor people. They're being poor people going to fight across the world, other poor people to just to get a college degree. Or people have to whore themselves out or fuck up their credit scores or like fuck up their parents' credit scores just to fucking go to school. Or you know, like a lot of people who, who get student loan debt, not everybody gets their degrees. So we got a lot of people out there who get student loan debt and don't even have fucking they don't even have their degrees because something happened where they couldn't like finish their school. Either, you know, they they got priced out, it was unaffordable, a medical emergency happened, anything, or they just had to work because they had a the definite family, all these different variations. And in this country, it just punishes people because they were not born rich. And it's fucking, that's the point of the government to make that, it's a balance. It always has to be a balance. You need to like balance out the rich and the poor if you want a stable society. And if we're talking about big picture, that's another fucked up thing about having college be so expensive is there's a lot of people very smart people who get degrees, but they're so much in debt, they automatically go to the job that gives them the most money. So, you know, I was reading about like a lot of the, the best mathematicians in the world go to go to work on Wall Street so they can come up with formulas for banks to like get through tax lo- loopholes. And some of our brightest scientists and engineers 
all go work in the military or for private companies that have military contracts so they can build the best bomb and the best, you know, whatever chemical weapon they possibly can. So that's like another fucked up thing is that like we're using, you know, fuck having Einsteins and smart people that benefit society. All our smartest people are going to work for the most evil corporations on the world so that they can pay off their student loan debt. So it's just like another layer of shit being incredibly fucked up. Yeah, so so what are some ways... <laughs> That we can have some solutions to the student loan debt um, issue. Well, if I'm being most pie in the sky, and I'll be honest, you know, good luck figuring out how to fuck to organize this. But the ultimate best solution would be mass deferment. Just everyone with student loans in unison, stop paying that shit. So, Brian, so, Brian, listen, that might not be so pie in the sky as you think. So, as someone who still has lots of student loan debt, who will never fucking pay that off unless I become a millionaire, which according to my political beliefs and uh, how I operate <laughs> in society, won't fucking happen. Unless even if Faders, like sells a million copies, um, which is totally independently published, um, for one. All right, I'll impress. But I digress on that point. But right now what's going on is since the COVID pandemic, they have, the government has deferred all student loan payments. I mean, you can still make them if you want to, but people aren't right now. So this is the thing. You've had over 12 months of people not paying student loan debt. Oh, society has collapsed, bro. I, I know, but this is the funny thing. First off, the government obviously don't fucking need that money because like if 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 I if I if I give you some money and I need that back, I'm gonna be fucking hassling, like, hey Brian, where's that fifty dollars? Every time I fucking see you, if I really, really need that money. But if I really don't, oh yeah, whatever, it's fifty dollars. Fuck it. And that's how this government is right now with the student loan crisis. They they're not they're like you can their interest is not being accrued accrued on it, and people are also thinking about like how much money they have to save, pay for other things, help out family members, get stuff for their kids, get stuff for their house, buy a house, buy a new car, all this extra. And this is a fucking crazy thing. This is what we talked about with healthcare. Um, like if you want healthy a healthy society so people can go work at your fucking jobs, you rich people, and buy your shit. Well, if you give people, instead of them fucking paying the government student loans, you libertarians and conservatives out there, why not give that money, put that in their pockets, and they can go buy the useless crap that you fucking sell them. Like their iPhones and their iPads and their fucking Mac computers and the goddamn PlayStation 5s and all that shit. If people have disposable income, they'll travel more and all this stuff. Once the pandemic is over, folks will travel and go out to eat and stuff like that because they have disposable income. But if they're all paying it to fucking go to student loans on top of their other fucking bills, then that money's not going to the economy. So if you want, if you consider us consumers, you conservatives out there and, and libertarians, we're all consumers. Well, wouldn't you want the consumers to have more more money? So I think it might be an organic mass deferment because you think the government is going to have an easy time telling people who spent the last year or two or three, whoever loaned this fucking pandemic glasses to start paying this fucking five or six or $700 or $1,000 a month. Again, they're like, man, fuck you. Yeah, they're like, we've made it this far without it, and it doesn't matter. And that is one of those things that it is that simple. They could just snap their fingers and be like, okay, you don't have to pay it. It's fine. Well, the problem is this is one thing about America, though, Brian, is if you give Americans something that's good, they're not going to want to get rid of it. It's just like Social Security. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, If you try to cut, if any politician, Republican or Democrat, like I know Joe Biden said he wants to cut Social Security, and they might come up with clandestine ways because these motherfuckers are slick. But they will not outright be bold enough and have the balls enough to just fucking do it because he knows that would be political suicide in the next 
president of the United States will yeah, be they, a fucking Yeah, they got to slowly bleed it dry. Exactly. So you can't. So they're giving basically people low key student debt forgiveness right now. And, and they haven't. And people are like, well, if we get student debt loan forgiveness, there'll be other, you know, um, more people in the future getting more more student loans. Well, you know how you account for that? You make public universities and colleges, and I say trade schools to add to that, because not everybody wants to go to college, and everybody should go to college. Um, it's just not for everybody. Everybody thinks differently. Everybody's different. Uh, trade schools should be a definite option because we still need motherfuckers to build things and build houses and, 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 and bridges and roads and stuff like that and do plumbing exactly. and electricity. Like, I, I can't fucking do the electricity in my house. I don't fucking know the first thing about that. I'll kill myself or burn down my house. <laughs> it's just that simple. I'm not a plumber. And I don't think one person should do all those jobs. Um, so, yes. So, we, we need the trades. Those are those are valuable and needed, um, no matter what how our society goes, how, how smart we get with degrees. But... You make university and public colleges and trade schools absolutely free. So then less people are taking out student loan debt. Now, if you you know if you want to go to a private school to charge you a shit ton of money, you go ahead. But they might have resources. Those colleges have resources. So all the young people who listen to this, ask for money from your colleges and see how much free money you can get. Um, and how will you pay for that? Because that's how you always like to ask that. How will you pay? How are you going to pay? How are you going to pay? So how how are we gonna how are we gonna pay for that, uh, Brian? Well, yeah. So we're gonna so a, as the the answer to that question is always is is we're gonna pay it with our own tax money. We're gonna stop using so much on the military to defend from an enemy that we don't have to start spending it on ourselves for our own college. So we're spending our own taxes on it. And if you can't find the tax money currently, we'll start taxing Wall Street speculation like we used to. Exactly. Start taxing corporations, period. I mean, I think another new article just came out that like the 75 most wealthy corporations in America didn't pay any taxes. Start taxing these motherfuckers. Tax Amazon, tax Netflix, tax General Electric, all these fucking companies are not paying taxes. And this is all money that we should be using on ourselves. Yeah, and Bill Society and those fucking greedy corporations, they're so greedy, they don't realize like if people have disposable income, they will buy more of their products. And don't you and also that's another way to solve crime. If if folks yeah, have right. more access to resources and money and fair wages, so perhaps Pro Act, um, and and unions and living wages. They have disposable income, and people are going to spend that happily. And you create a strong middle class, and you have a more stable society. So if USA wants to be number one continuous to, to, to into the future, they need to adapt some universal programs. And I know the libertarians and Republicans are like, oh, my God, there's socialism. It's never going to work. No, what's never going to work is you're not going to be able to sustain a system that there is a have and have nots. And when there's a few people with all the wealth and all the resources and all the money and have access to all the education and masses of millions and millions of people who don't, eventually it's going to be an uprising. And it's not going to be the nice, cute uprising that we see, you know, what happened this summer, which was like people out signs and there was a few riots and stuff like that. No, I'm talking about like once shit gets the extremes, it's shit's gonna burn because like no society that was that unequal has ever like maintained itself so and it's not and it's not some far-off fiction that Lornette's talking about as we're gonna get into our history edition episode that we're gonna release in a week 
that that shit happened in this country not that long ago, a couple hundred years ago, exactly. where shit was so bad and desperate. The the you know Fox News acts like these Black Lives Matter. Pro- oh my God, it's insanity, anarchy. That's nothing. That's fucking not shit compared to what's going to happen when people are you know even more desperate than they already are. And we already went through that period closely in our history, like over a, a little over a hundred years ago during the Great Depression. So mm-hmm. revolution right. is always underneath the surface. And this isn't this hyperbole that myself and Brian are talking about. And look here, you know, because, you know, I, I'm on the Twitter machine and I know there is a lot of critique of like, these leftists have revolutionary fantasies of like violent revolutions and sh- people shooting each other in the street and all this stuff. I don't, I, look, I don't, I don't want that. I know wars and, and, and internal conflict are fucking, yeah, they're not, they're not great. People die, people are murdered, people are assassinated. People are assaulted physically and sexually. Um, these uh, things like that, you know, are, are, are terrible. Now, you know, the United States is the one country that could have a bloodless revolution, as I always say, because we all we had that in the 1960s and 70s and 50s. That was basically yeah. a period of revolution and uprising and change. Um, and there was bloodshed, but it wasn't like guerrilla warfare in the street. So it, it's possible. But if we want to avoid all that, we can adapt some universal programs, defund the military, defund the police. And use that to pay for, you know, education and healthcare, And a lot of this, a lot of the main social problems that we see nowadays, they won't all be magically solved, but it will definitely make things much easier to kind of work on those things like racism, sexism, homophobia. But with, with the high, high amount of inequality, it, it's going to be this problem. So that leads us to the last thing is anti-intellectualism. This country has always had a history of anti-intellectualism. And... You know, we have we have this misnomer that colleges are these institutions that are pumping out hippie liberals who want to destroy America. And if we want to be honest, as I mentioned before, Milton Friedman, the the economist from University of Chicago, he came from the university system. The university system in this country, Brian Harvard, Yale, the elite universities, the elite institutions, even some of the elite public institutions like Berkeley, some of the most conservative, far right policy, whether it comes to the military foreign policy or domestic domestic policy comes from elite institutions and universities yeah i mean well dude i've read a tweet that connected with i mean it hit me right in the feels where it said uh boomer culture is forcing your kids to go to college and then arguing with the knowledge they learn there and i could totally relate to that because i had so many like conservative family members who were like oh it's just you you just think that way because you went to college and they brainwashed you and it's like, to be honest, like a lot of my professors in college compared to me are like, were like very conservative, you know, but like, at least in college, I got the knowledge, like, like I said before, like what you want to get out of something is what you'll end up getting. But if you're empathetic, and you're genuinely like curious about things, you will find some answers to things you don't know about. So I did learn a lot of things where I could debate some of my, you know, more conservative professors. And they, you know, at least in college, I'll give them that. Like, even some professors I didn't agree with, they were open to the debate. You know, they were open to ideas. And that's really what, you know, college is, is if you're looking for it. It's a place of ideas, and you can choose to attach yourself to whatever idea you want. But I completely agree with you that it's a misconception that, like, colleges are these bastions of, like, radical thought when – Really, I think suffering under capitalism is what truly radicalizes people. Exactly, because when I got to college in 2005, when I was you know a young man, I was thinking it was going to be like the fucking um, 
60s and 70s where people were fucking shit up and like we had Bush as president. He had these fucking illegal wars and I go to an anti-war protest and it's like 10 of us or 15 of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. And everybody's like, I hear it because my daddy needs it. I need to get a good job. And my daddy says if you raise the minimum wage, all the prices will go up. And you're just like, dumbass, all the prices are going up. And we're in Iraq to give those people freedom. No, we're in Iraq fucking to expand our markets and, and take their goddamn oil, you dumb motherfuckers. That's what, that's what I experienced when I got to college. So I was like taken aback. Motherfuckers were not there to learn. They were there to get the paper, piece of paper to get a goddamn job. Um, right, and also exactly. I met some smart ass people. Yeah, I met some smart ass people. I met smart ass people in the military, and I met some dumb ass people in the military. And that's the same way with college. That's that's just the world in general. You meet people who you think are smart and people who you think are dumb. And I'm sorry to say this, but people who might think, "Well, oh, Lord and Brian, you're a bunch of idiots." We have fucking data and stats and shit to to back up what we claim. So we are using our elite education. To benefit the masses, instead of being a selfish asshole and using it just to benefit ourselves and our immediate family. Right, exactly. Because that's what I could do is I could just learn all this horrible shit going on, keep my mouth shut, keep my head down, do what I got to do to make my money. But (laughs) for better or for worse, I do have empathy and I see myself in other humans and other animals and stuff. So... I want to, any good fortune that I've had, I want other people to have access to it. And anything that's fucked up, I want to call out because, you know, it's all, that's that's something with education. Like, education expands your sphere of influence and who you relate to and things. So you learn that it's not just, you know, when you do things that benefit other people, you're actually benefiting yourself, even though it may not appear that way, you know, at first glance. Um Another thing, too, just kind of while we're touching on it, because, yeah, I get that college is, like, is naturally liberal. But I also am, because you and me talked about this, too. If they could please stop on the mainstream media with these bullshit feel-good stories where they're like, this person worked three jobs and, you know, 20 hours a day to pay off their student debt. Like, isn't that amazing? Isn't this person awesome? And it's like, no, it's a fucking horror story. (laughs) Like, exactly. It's just what? as bad as like the um, little kid raises all this money from the lemonade state to pay off their their classmates' lunch debt. Like, why are we giving people debt in the first place? And all the people are just like, I paid off my student loans. So it's unfair that they pay off their student loans. You know how you fucking sound right now? Just imagine. No, we don't have to imagine. So polio was a disease that affected millions of people across the world, and people fucking died from that. We even fucking FDR, one of the considered one of the great American presidents, died from fucking polio. And now they have a they have a polio vaccine. They had it for like some decades now, and that's how you sound like. Well, it's not fair that like you know I got I, they they my dad died from polio, so why they got this polio vaccine and securing people? <laughs> fuck that, let them die. I'm like that's how you fuck you sound like. Yes, you know it, it sucked. You, you paid off your student loans. You worked hard. You had to do one of those bullshit feel good stories where you worked 24 hours a day for seven days a week and didn't have any life for five years to pay off all your student loan debts and live in your dad's basement. Or lived in a, in a roach-infested motel, you know th- that fucking sucks. But the same token, don't sit there and say I did it and fuck those other people because that's what you sound like. You sound like the asshole. Like, well, my dad died of polio or granddad did, so all everybody should die of polio. No, if there's a fucking solution to the problem, fucking make that. That's that's how we improved as a human society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add before we get into quotes? Um, legalize it and. <laughs> 420 yeah. okay. um, all my folks out yeah. there we're recording the day after 420 so yeah yeah uh and also um we 
there there are sound proposals. These proposals aren't not radical that what me and Brian are talking about. Every other developed nation in the world has a universal or free college um, at the at the public level. So this is not this isn't so radical. And people who make it like that are just lethargic devils and liars and full of shit because what we're talking about is not so radical at all. And they're paid by the industry too. I mean, I was when I was learning about this topic, I was shocked at the similarities between the meta, you know, the health insurance being privatized and the education being privatized. And so this is another issue that's uniquely, um, you know, American uh, as compared to other industrialized countries, where like other countries already have this. This is something we are lagging behind, and it's not pie in the sky to want because other countries in the world are already doing this. And the two options you have are we need to get people in political power that'll pass the these legislations we want. So start changing who you're voting for. Don't vote for Democrat and Republicans. Vote for third party people who aren't funded by corporations who are guaranteeing you know, who are guaranteeing that they're gonna make this part of their platform. And then if you get those people in power and they don't do what you want, you need to shut shit down. So you need to protest, you need to boycott, you need to do things to shut down the the centers of money and and and, and you know, money by extension is power to actually get these things passed. So that's how you can actually work to get these things done. Yeah, once this pandemic is over and folks feel front comfortable getting out and gathering again, I say we need to fucking occupy Wall Street again because there's no fucking way that we should be all celebrating the fact that Bill, uh, someone like Jeff Bezos becomes a fucking trillionaire while we have half the world's population living off $2 a day. And people in this country are starving. Um, I, I've seen since the pandemic homelessness in my the city I live in now, Atlanta, Georgia, has increased twofold, um, and it's, it's, I think it's only going to get worse. So we, we we offer solutions to all the issues we talk about because this isn't radical, this isn't far off, this isn't pie in the sky. These are other things that other nations, other countries, other individuals have enacted, and we can do it ourselves. So that's how I'll end it out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, you want to go with your quote first or you want me to go? Sure. Um, so... Um, I have a quote from Robert Reich, who is uh, the former labor secretary under Bill Clinton. And he says, a decent society wouldn't push millions into student debt. It would recognize that higher education isn't mainly a personal investment. It is a public good. So I I agree with that. It's a public good. We want to have an educated society to um, vote and engage in civil debate. Um, Or we can just have Reddit comments. And that's what you want as a society. <laughs> and Pornhood comments. <laughs> Not that I would know about any of those entities because I don't do that. <laughs> of course not. You're a, you're a good Christian. <laughs> I'm a good God-fearing Christian man. God! Um, and uh, mine is from the poet, artist, rapper Saul Williams. Um, it's from a song called uh, Pedagogue of Young Gods. Um, I'll share it on our Facebook page or our Twitter account just because it's a good little two-minute kind of spoken word poem uh, with some piano behind it. But the line is, uh, education is the only thing given that can't be taken. Um, So to me, that just kind of highlights how important education is compared to everything else in this life. And we need to think long and hard about a society that either is only willing to give education to a certain portion of the population or that is willing only gives education if if to make people you know super in debt 
to the system that that is giving it. So just need to kind of think long, long and hard about how much we value education um, and what it means to the society. And should we really have a society where only a select few have access to that education? Um, all right. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the topic, please follow us on Facebook at Q Culture One and then Twitter at Q Culture. Um, there you'll find all the documentaries, all our sources, books, articles that we read um, in preparation for this podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out Lornette's Evolving Man Project. Um, don't forget to check out his, uh, Lornette and his wife's new book, Even the Faders. And if you're in the mood for some U.S. history, don't forget to check out our History Edition episodes that come out on the first of each month. We'll have another one coming out this May 1st uh, where we're going to be kind of talking about the um, English colonies um, prior to the American Revolution. So check that stu- stuff out, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Lornette, and remember to question everything. Everything. Any views or opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to Brian and Lornette and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that Brian and Lornette may or may not be associated with in any professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.